We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. Jacob Albrock in today. Tommy's still a little under the weather. We've got Paul Savage back with us. Max is producing for us today as well. Uh, a little bit of a different rotation, but the same amount of fun here on Sports Daily on a Wednesday. What's on tap today? Uh, well, we'll get into the Shockers last night. We'll look ahead to some KU basketball and football with the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, coming up uh, after this segment. We've got to get through some Team USA delivering when it counts the most. We'll look ahead to K-State basketball tonight. A lot to get into on the program today. Uh, that's what's on tap. Paul, welcome back for another day here. How are you, big fella? Are you man enough for it? Can you do it? I mean, come on. Max is a man. He's a man's man. He can take it. What about you? Can you take me two days in a row? We'll see. That time will we'll tell, see. I suppose. <laughs> uh, we'll take your calls as well, 869-1240. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we will uh, we'll give away uh, some things here in just a little bit as well. So, Welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Paul, let's get right to the Shockers last night. We'll spend some time with them now, and then uh, we'll reset it a little bit in the second hour. All right. But it was a really interesting game. You know, we came in, and we thought this was going to be a show-me-something game for both teams. I think it was. Um, there's, there's a lot to digest with the game. Uh, by all accounts, it was the best crowd of the season. Not a sellout like we've seen in years past, but a, but a pretty good crowd. So people were there. People were into it. And it was a really interesting outcome as the Shockers fall in overtime, a game that had they made a few free throws, they would have won. They did not do that. A game that with 20 turnovers, they you would think on paper would have no chance in, in a game where they gave up 15 offensive rebounds, you might think they had no chance in, yet they were right there and probably should have won the game. So I, I think we learned a lot of things, um, and I'm not quite sure how to feel other than I think that they held themselves fine, and I, I definitely do, Paul, see some upside here with this team. I think some of these players are getting more comfortable there's plenty of bad to work on with the turnovers and the offensive rebounds allowed and those things. But 
I, I think that this continues my thought that I've had for a couple of weeks now, that this team will be able to be competitive in the American this year, uh, at least to the middle of the pack and, and, you know, maybe outside of Houston should be able to hold their own pretty well against other teams in the league. Well, there's good news and there's bad news in, the, in this in this game with Missouri. The good news is I don't think there's a need to panic. I don't think that – I don't yeah. think – I was – I see more upside. And listen, if it wasn't that – I think I, I would too. I, I would say it. I, you, know, you know me. I'll tell you what I think. And I think there's more good news in this loss than bad news. I, I, I think this was a good test. I'm not saying this was Houston. I'm not saying this was, you know, any of the top 10 teams uh, playing at this point uh, against uh, Wichita State in the roundhouse. But I can tell you this. There's things that you can take from this game. And I don't mean the 20 turnovers. I don't mean 6 of 14 from the free throw line. 6 of 14. That's 40%. Uh, My gosh. You know, you want to. You want to be at least at 80%. I mean, 80%. You're 80% you win this basketball game. I'm not talking about the little things like that, but there are things that you see, the, the don't back down factor, the don't give up. The don't, I mean, because this is a basketball team that towards the end of the, of the first half, you know, they could have they could have said, oh, geez, this is going to be tough, you know, one of those kind of deals. But, no, this is a team that battled back. This is a team that showed me some things. What it showed me, Jacob, I think mostly when I sit and analyze this particular game is that this was a game that Wichita State, because of who they're playing, a Power 5 conference basketball team, who they're playing, that that by golly, this is a team that they fix a few odds and ends. They will be able to stand up and they will be able to compete in the AAC. I'm not saying they're going to beat Houston out for the AAC title. Uh, don't get me wrong, Houston is really good. If you've watched them at all, you'll know that is one talented basketball team. But And by the way, they play great defense, tremendous defense at the University of Houston. But with that being said, you know, I see more to this game than, than just the loss. I see this team building and saying, you know, we can do it. I mean, we're, we're good. We're a good college basketball team. I didn't say great. I didn't say necessarily that we're a tournament team yet. I'm not saying that yet, but I'm saying we're good. We have the potential to get better. I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, but it's the way I'm looking at it at this point with this four-point overtime loss against against Missouri. I, I think I'm with you. I, I think there's plenty to, of bad to take because they need to take it. They've got to get better in that's some right. areas. There's oh, yes. no question no about question. that. Yes. But I think, Paul, a fear did exist that Missouri would come in and blow the doors off. I was a I'm not worried. saying that we yeah. – I'm not saying we thought that that would happen, but I think it would be dishonest to say we didn't consider the possibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Missouri hadn't played anybody yet, but they were scoring tons of points. Right. Um, and, and there was some concern of that. And the things that we're seeing from the Shockers, I think, are things that we like to see from – Shocker teams that people really get into, teams that hustle, teams that are aggressive, um, don't you know? Don't really roll over in any circumstance, and we are seeing that from this team. Look, they turn the ball over twenty times, twenty times. I said yesterday, Paul. What did I say? The key to the game was going to be Shocker's got to take care of the ball. I believe if you did I, say that I, after I said that, but I was wrong. In a sense, because if you told me they turned it over 20 times, I'd have told you they lost by 20 points. Well. <laughs> but they didn't. And and they didn't shoot free throws well. And they gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. 
yet they should have won this game had they hit a couple free throws late. And I'm still a little bit struggling to figure out how they did that, but they did it. And and I do think that that says a lot. Five different players in double digits. Shamas Scott had nine, so almost six players in double digits. The depth is looking good. Um, Craig Porter Jr. shows us a lot of good. He has got to stop turning the ball over. Th- five turnovers from your point guard. That's not going to cut it. But he had some big plays, and he had an opportunity, too, at the end, I thought that was a well-designed idea with his shot to try to win it there at the end. I, I said it when we were watching the game. I said, if, I, if I'm if i drawing this play up, I give it to Craig Porter. I have him drive all the way up the floor, take it to the hole, see if he can draw a foul. Um, and, and he said after the game, and Taylor Eldridge pointed this out and, and put the play up, there was the play last year where Ricky Council got charged, at, uh, called for a charge in a similar situation against Tulane. The one thing I'll say, though, if you're – you know, if you're looking back at that now and you're Craig, is you the option of losing the game in that scenario wasn't there. So, you know, he said he, he kind of talked about that being the shot. He left it a little bit short. He had the charge in the back of his head. And I get that, especially when you go back and watch that play from last year. But in a tie game, you got to take it hard. So I thought that was a good job by Isaac Brown to draw that play up that way. Get it down the ball. Get it down the court with Craig. Let him take a shot. See if he can get fouled. So... All of those things were good. There is a lot of good to take from the game. But they have a lot to work on, too, Paul. You can't give up offensive rebounds like that if you're going to be a great defensive team because that just sort of erases the great defense you just played, right? You play all this great defense in a possession, and then you give up an offensive rebound and a potential easy putback. Got to clean that up. I think that they can. The turnovers... I mean, we're just going to keep saying every week they got to clean it up. At some point, they got to clean it up, and I'm not sure what you do to do that. But you can't turn it over at the pace they're turning it over if you're going to live on a defensive identity, and that's what they want to do, and that's what they should do, and that's what they can do. Uh, but but the effort's there. I, I think that this is a pretty fun team to watch. I think that this is a team that's going to continue to get better throughout the year. And the question will become how much better can they get how quickly before conference play? Uh, because – you know, they're not going to be better than Houston. We're, you know, not going to be probably better than Memphis. And I don't know a whole lot about the league outside of Houston, but I, I, I just watching the league historically, Paul, this feels like a team that's going to be in the mix in most of the games that they play, if not all, again, outside of maybe Houston. And, you know, the 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 possibility of outcomes of finishing the league to me seems wide, wide open. And that's a good thing because it could be much worse than that. Well, there's no question that what you're saying is exactly right. This is a team that wants to identify with defense. Man, I like defensive teams, man. Defense wins championships. I don't care what you say. And yet there's times when there's breakdowns in communication, there's breakdowns in in defense with this team. You know, you fix those little things on the defensive side of the ball and you're going to be in pretty good shape. Now, with, with regards to the conference, you're right, because this, this conference is no cakewalk. Yeah, we know about Houston. Shoot, we've seen Houston on television two, three times and, and enjoyed what they're doing, and they're darn good. They, right now, they deserve to be number one in the nation, in my opinion. They're that good. But, you know, Memphis is going to have players. You don't think they're going to have players? What about Cincinnati? You think they're going to have players? Yeah, they're going to have some players too. SMU? Yeah, probably. They're going to have some. Everybody's going to have players. In the AAC, most everybody, I should say, most everybody's going to have players. So it's not going to be easy. This was a good test. This was a that test that Wichita State needed in 
my opinion, you know, you know, no more Tarkleton states, for goodness sakes, please, at this point. You know, let's start getting ready. I, I mean, the, the, the conference is coming right up. It's not far off right now at this point anyway. But, you know, if you can play with the intensity that you played with the University of Missouri, and granted it was a home game, and I get that, and Wichita State fed off of off the crowd again. So you look at this, you look at this particular uh, situation, you go, well, you know, they played them tough. Jacob, you know, that's what you expect. That's what you want. That's what you got to have. And uh, for Wichita State, I think there was a lot of positives. And, boy, it pains me. As a football coach, it pains me to say, well, a lot was was achieved off of a loss. But in this particular case, really, Jacob, I think there was some things that were achieved. This team can play with probably almost anybody in the AAC, now that it's rolling around. I don't know that yesterday on t- yesterday's show I could have said that. I honestly think that Wichita State can play with just about anybody in the AAC after this game against Missouri. 869-1240. Uh, Want to hear from Shocker fans. You know, it's interesting, Paul, because I, I had the same take, and, and, I, um, and I, felt, I felt a little bit strange about the take. As I'm watching that game, like – And I'm curious to see how other people felt because I get it. I'm optimistic by nature. Um, I I tend to look at the positives more than the negatives. I think people that listen to this show, especially when it comes to the Shockers, know that by now. But I'm watching that game, and as frustrated as I'm getting at these turnovers, I'm just thinking the whole time, like, there's no other way that they are hanging in this game in a position to win despite some of these things that are happening in the negative, unless this is a pretty good team. And, you know, I, I hope that turnovers can be fixed. I, I don't know how you do that, uh, but you have to do that. They can't turn it over at that clip. Right. The rebounds can be fixed. That's going to go night to night. But, you know, they have done a pretty good job out rebounding people. The offensive rebounds there, I think, is just – a. It's it's probably more likely to playing a, a big physical athletic team and and the most of that that they've seen this year. And they're going to see that again against K-State, by the way. I don't particularly like the K-State matchup for Wichita State this weekend. Um, but I think that that's okay. That's going to live in a vacuum. And, it you know, K-State will be the clear favorite in that game. But that'll be okay, too, cause, because if that doesn't go well for the Shockers and they, end up, they would end up at 500 at that point, I think that this team's DNA seems like one that's not going to let that, you know, hold them down. They may have this losing streak going in. So I'm thinking about all of that stuff, Paul, but then I'm also thinking, yeah, but I I feel like I'm, I'm getting more confidence in this group's ability. And maybe it's just simply, Paul, that we had no idea what to think of this team coming into the year because of all the new players. Yes. Right. Maybe right. maybe it's just like, you know, subliminally we're we're comparing the team to that expectation, and that's why it feels positive. But even in that loss last night, in a game that they should have won, that they made gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of mistakes in, I felt kind of good coming out of it. So I'm I'm interested, and in, and it's interesting that you felt the same way. And I would be curious to hear what Shocker fans think about that. Uh, because I, I, I just don't know. I don't know what Shocker fans would think about that. Right. We're not saying that this is a team ready to go to the tournament. We're, that That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are plenty of areas that this team can get, get better at, 
and I think you would agree with that as well, uh, particularly shooting. I want, you know, this is a team that every time it, it, it takes the court and it's ready to play a game, I always think to myself, shooting. How are you going to do it to three? How are you going to do it with threes? How are you going to do – from the field, how are you going to do in the paint? How many how many second chances will you get? These you know things that revolve around shooting also uh, seem to be getting better. I mean, this is a team that that at times does not shoot the ball very well. We've seen that. Yeah, I mean, they shot 41 percent from three last night. You'll take that. I mean, well, that's, you'll that's, take that. I'd ra- I, well, you know, I'll take it. I, I'd like it a little. That's pretty better. good. Forty one percent from three. That's yeah, I'll, I, I'll take that every day. Well, We're I used mean, to I, this team shooting twenty percent or under the last couple of years. Well, 40%. I'll take forty four percent. That's what I want. I want forty. I want forty five percent. That's what I want. That's I, I know that's asking. You're going to be you're going to be one of the best three point shooting teams <laughs> well, in the country at that point. And the problem with that is what? But anyway, you get my you get my point. You know, this is a team that you got to see some improvements. But uh, with regards to to the the, the upcoming AAC season, uh, there's a lot to hang your hat on. And particularly when you look at at the three points, I think you're exactly right because there have been games when shockers shoot forty percent like they did last night. Jacob, there's been games where I think both you and I have said I'd take forty percent. Forty percent sounds pretty darn good if you ask me, because this is a team that on certain nights it struggles with the three. Well, in fact, it struggles with shooting. Period. So when when this team shoots well and defends well, this team can beat a lot of teams in the AAC, uh, as as far as I can see. It's gonna be it's gonna be really good. Um, you know, Paul. The just just for reference, the, the best three point shooting team in the country right now is Utah State at forty seven percent. So, you know, if if they if Wichita State shot forty one, if it basically if Wichita State shot the percentage they shot last night, Paul, they'd be a top ten three point shooting team in the country. So let's not set our expectation well, too high, right. right? With well, with that three point percentage, that's not realistic. They're not going to be a top ten three point shooting team in the country. Yeah. But they can be better than they have been the last couple of years, right? You know, if they can get if they can get that to thirty five percent or better, the way that they play defense consistently, that's going to and, and I think that's a big reason they stayed in the game last night is because they shot the three well. It's it's not what we're used to seeing out of the Shockers the last couple of years. That's an interesting development in the game, and I would really need to talk to some basketball minds to understand in a game that you turned the ball over that much and that you got you allowed that kind of offensive rebounding that you didn't shoot free throws well what is the reason they were able to hang in there and and bottle that up and then just correct some of those things one of which on the turnovers has been a chronic problem for this team this year but optimism even in a loss I think that probably has to do with the expectations as much as anything else. 869-1240, Shocker fans. Uh, We'll come back to the Shockers again in the second hour. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back uh, from this segment, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. Plenty of football and hoops to talk about with Brian today. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dude, you gotta hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage. Max Power producing for us, 869-1240 is the number to call. We're tracking down Brian Haney here in a very busy time of their season. Uh, KU football headed to a bowl game. KU basketball headed to, uh, well, potentially national title repeat contention. We'll talk all those things with uh, Brian coming up in a little bit. Paul, I'm going to ask you about the crowd last night at right. Coke Arena. You know, one of the things that, and it is a tradition annually, for whatever reason, and maybe this happens in other places. I don't recall it happening anywhere like it happens here. People really focus on the size of the crowd at Shockerman's basketball games. Right. And I get why. You well, want to sure. feel the momentum of the yes. program. It's a Tuesday in November. It's the biggest game of the year and the biggest crowd of the year by all accounts. The official listed attendance was around 7,100. Um the days of selling out every game at Coke Arena are behind us for now. I, you know, I think sometimes it, it's almost like there is this desire to feel like things are really important and big. But the reality is, it is a Tuesday game in November, and and I don't know how much to make of momentum and all those things. I I I think that you go just about anywhere in the country. And when a program is not at its peak and it's not, you know, churning on all cylinders, that you're not going to sell out every game. It was a remarkable streak that Wichita had to sell out all those games. 
but I don't think it's unreasonable or that crazy that they're not selling out games every week now, and I think it's probably okay, and maybe there's an overreaction to that sometimes. Well, I'm just going to tell you why this is, and part of it is because Wichita State has some of the most knowledgeable basketball fans in, in the country, and that's part of the reason why this situation happens. Right now we have Brian Haney joining us on on KFH Sports Daily. Brian, how are you today, my friend? Paul Savage and Jacob Albrock with you. Hey, fellas. Great to be on with you. Doing well. Excited about uh, a big week for KU with our bowl announcement on Sunday. And obviously, good to have hoops back in the winter circle after the setback on Friday. Nice to see a bounce back Monday. So things are good here in Lawrence. How are you guys? Doing We're really good. good. We're good, Brian. Uh, good to have you here, as always. Let's start with football, um, and then we'll get into uh, then we'll get into some of the some of the basketball stuff. Plenty to talk about in both. In football, we're going to have a little bit of a break here. Um, I, I think you know the Sunflower Showdown to me, Brian. I thought the effort was high level and probably their best in a couple of weeks. But I think more importantly, Jalen Daniels seemed to me much more comfortable in the Sunflower Showdown game than he did the week before as he made his return. Did you get that feel? Yeah, for sure. And, and most notably with him running with him running the football, uh, we saw a guy his first game back that was a little more hesitant and tentative to take off with the ball. But what makes him so dynamic is the dual threat capability and the ability to, to run the option pitch to the edge that he does so much better than Bean just based on the angles he takes and how well he sells it. And so even though Bean's the faster straight-on speed guy, Jalen's execution of those plays is, is what makes him so dangerous. And we didn't see that in the Texas game. We absolutely saw it versus K-State. And so that gives me a lot of hope that the version of Jalen we saw in September when they were racing out to a 5-0 and start will be the version we see in the bowl game. And so didn't see him air it out a ton because it was a rainy night throughout, tough to really get the deep ball going. And that clearly was a factor in, in hurting Kansas and their chances to come back. But, uh, you know, it's all like it is. Kansas lost this game early with some special teams blunders and was playing at an arm's distance the rest of the way as a result. So, you know, Jalen, I thought was one of the silver linings. I thought defensively, Lonnie Phelps and Craig Young looked healthier and bouncier and more burst and explosiveness like the players we saw at the start of the season before some injuries slowed them a bit. And so I think this is a team that even though they lost their last three games, <coughs> excuse me, I, I really feel like they're coming on now, getting back closer to full health and, and should look as good as we've seen them whenever they play in December, whether it's as early as the 22nd or perhaps the more likely 27th and 28th options in the guaranteed rate, the Liberty Bowl, and the First Responders Bowl. Well, with regards to bowls, this is perhaps the most important bowl in the history of the University of Kansas. And I, and I know you've been in Orange Bowls, and I know you've been in some great bowls. But in my opinion, this bowl is so important, partly because I, 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 I can't remember a, a football team in the past that needs this win worse than, than, than ever because this puts you in a winning record. This gives you a winning record for the year, something to truly build off of. I think the, the, the last really important bowl was many years ago when K-State made their first bowl, and I can't even remember which bowl it was right off the top of my head. 
But for me, this bowl is almost as important as that because not only it gives you extra practice, legal practice that, that KU gets to use to make their young players better, get kids ready for next year. Uh, not only does that take place, but there's just something about KU and the word bowl that goes together at this point after, after the up-and-down season that they've had. Tell me, Brian, what's your opinion on the importance of this bowl? Well, I think it's big, no doubt. You know, it's it's not catastrophic if you lose it, just getting to this point. You get those practices you spoke to, Paul, and they're not taking those back if you lose, obviously. You'll have four weeks of bettering this football team, and it'll start with the first couple of weeks of bettering the younger players. I think that they'll rest a lot of the veteran guys and not have nearly as many snaps. But for a third-string quarterback like Ethan Vasco and some of the other freshmen on this team these will be important weeks and then you really start to ramp up in mid-December and so you're going to get all of that regardless you're going to get all the PR and and positivity of of playing in the postseason which they can put out in recruiting and have been for quite some time you're going to get that regardless but no doubt to finish above 500 to finish with an uptick it is a different kind of feel you know you think back to the Insight Bowl in 2008 Kansas had lost the back half of its schedule until they won versus Missouri in the regular season finale and then won at Minnesota. And suddenly we look back on that season at 8-5, completely different than had the last couple of games gone the other way. Um, you know, I think back to the Tangerine Bowl, we lost to Phillip Rivers and NC State and finished 6-7. and seven. And uh, clearly, you know, Mark Mangino's program continued to ascend even with the loss. But just imagine – the different feel had you been able to get that win. So I do think it makes a difference, but I think there's also a lot of, you know, advantages that they'll be capitalizing on no matter how the outcome of the game goes. But I think Kansas is one of the more dangerous teams in that tier of bowl game, because as I alluded to in my previous response, largely we've not been very healthy in the month of November and, four extra weeks of of resting up some of those bumps and bruises is going to make Kansas much more dynamic and look like the team that raced out to that fast 5-0 start. And so I think uh, not knowing who the opponent will be, but just kind of looking at some of the teams in a similar tier, you know, we stand to be vastly improved because while everybody will be healthier come bowl time, you know, on both sides of the coin, Kansas at some very key positions, the most important positions, will, will be a lot stronger looking. And so, I, I, you know, not knowing who we're going to play yet, I, I still like our chances to have a great showing. And I do agree with you that, you know, winning this game certainly um, has a big boost in terms of the way we look back on this season. But I wouldn't put all the eggs in the basket of saying you have to win it because they've already accomplished so much just by getting here. And a lot of those advantages will be taken uh, into account regardless of the outcome. And, you know, we should mention before we get too far off of football and, and transition to hoops here that, Coach Leipold signing the contract yesterday and and making it official through 2029, a really big deal as well. So this is a a great week to celebrate football, and it's going to be a fun month next month to celebrate throughout as we get set for wherever we're headed. But uh, the fact that we're having this conversation for the first time in 14 years and the program, you know, heads into signing day next month with uh, a full head of steam and, and real tangible success to point to instead of just saying ah there's something brewing here you can show it to them it's it's there for the taking and uh i think that makes a world of difference so here's hoping they can build on that like you said paul and we're talking about a, a seven and six season when it all wraps up 
One more from me on football, and it has to do with Jalen Daniels again. He has the opportunity to come back next year. Has he given any indication that maybe we've missed, or do you have a vibe or or a feel for what his future for KU looks like? We had the injury this year, seems to be getting back, and he'll have the opportunity to do that if he chooses. Do you think that's going to happen and he'll be under center next year? Well, he could come back for multiple years. Technically, just the junior hasn't declared his COVID year yet. Uh, I mean, he, he could have multiple years back if he wants, and he's the future of this program. I think that he's the likely guy to return at quarterback one, and I'll be curious to see what Jason Bean elects to do. Jason has a COVID year that he can take advantage of. Midweek during the Texas week, he decided to put his name on the list of senior day honorees, which means you know, he thinks he's playing in his last game as a Jayhawk, but he could possibly play elsewhere or he can come back too. But the fact that he went through a senior day you know, tells me that he's kind of keeping his options open. Jalen, on the other hand, is is absolutely the future here. And, and so he's fired up to return. I know they're doing all they can to you know, make him feel like the focal point. And obviously, NIL opportunities help with a lot of that. But uh, I, I think there's every indication he plans to be back. And certainly, uh, you know, with, with Lance Leipold now recommitting to this program and this state, Jalen Daniels is a big part of that, and knowing he can win football games with Jalen for another couple of seasons is a big part of that. So I think we're really excited that number six you know, projects to be our QB, not just next month, but, but next season and hopefully beyond. But no doubt, you know, we've heard some of the, the rumors of, of uh, other teams wanting to try to lure certain guys, and that's a part of the new age and new world of, of college football that we live in. But I, I think Kansas and uh, the program – the athletic department, the NIL opportunities, all of the above recognize what a special, special talent Jalen Daniels is, what a special personality he is. I mean, he, he's got charisma just oozing from his pores. He's the natural leader you want to make this type of, of leap with, to go from, you know, bottom rung on the Big 12 ladder to competing for bowl games in consecutive seasons. And so they're going to do everything they can to – make him feel as beloved and, and as central of a focal point as he needs to be. And I think he's committed to this place too. So we're really excited about our future with Jamie Daniels. Switching over to basketball, if you don't mind, uh, uh, right now the, the, uh, the Jayhawks are at a point where you've got some good wins over some really good teams, for instance, Duke and Wisconsin, a loss to Tennessee. But Tennessee's pretty darn good. Where is this basketball team right now as it gets ready to head into the Big 12 tournament? or into the Big 12 Conference. Uh, thoughts on this basketball team overall? Are they where Bell, Bill Self wants this team, or are there areas that, that Bill is concerned about that, that he feels improvement needs? Well, there's always going to be areas he feels like they can improve in. I mean, it, it could be uh, a Monday night in April, and he would still be thinking that we could tinker <laughs> this or that and be the, the best we could be. That's just the way his mind works. But clearly at this juncture, Eight games in, seven and one. Uh, there's there's aspects you're pleased with, and and a glaring one at the five position that you're not. And that's not to say it's not going to get there. But we knew when David McCormick elected to to graduate and move on that you know there was going to be a lot of youth at that center position. And it's it's funny for all the fans that uh, that cursed David McCormick and you know, hated the inconsistencies and all that. You'd love to have his 12 and eight every single game right now, because they're going through the growing pains of, of breaking in two rookie centers. And 
one's a five-star, one's a four-star, one's a McDonald's All-American, the other top 50 guy, and, and they're going to get there eventually, Ernest and Zuby. But Zach Clements has not improved as quickly as, as some might have thought one season to the next. And, you know, with the injury to Cam Martin in the preseason, it's left Kansas with K.J. Adams as more of a, a four-man playing the five position and Kansas going small there. And, and that certainly, you know, has, has uh, at times – show that, that Kansas you know, really needs to improve there and, and left something to be desired. Clearly, when you go up against a team like Tennessee that has a couple of seven-footers, you need to play bigger, and it's just not ready yet to play to that degree. But in terms of, of other aspects of this team, the wing scoring, the backcourt, all of that, you, know, you feel good about what we've seen over an eight-game sample size. Tennessee was obviously our, our worst showing in a lot of regards, and a big part of that had to do with Dewan Harris getting in foul trouble. Bobby Pettiford gets hurt suddenly both your point guards are out and, and you're playing without, you know, proven post presence, like I mentioned, and there's just all kinds of aspects of this team that were a little bit discombobulated on that night. But other nights, you know, we've seen Jalen Wilson who leads the big 12 and third nationally and scoring. We've seen Grady Dick just absolutely exceed every expectation. Most points by a Kansas freshman through five games in 25 years. He had six threes in the first half versus NC State and was just out of his mind. He, he's been fantastic. And MJ Rice is coming on now after the breakout he had on Monday with 19 points all in the second half. You're starting to see some of his McDonald's All-American potential. And so the point is, it's very, very early. You're not going to play 40 games every season like we did last season. But if, if that's you know the, the number to look at, then we've played 20% of our schedule right now. So it, we're just you know somewhere in the bottom of the second inning of this season. And so it, it's going to be a, a maturation process for a lot of aspects of this team that has us looking much, much more polished come January and February. And Coach Self said it yesterday in a speaking engagement we had in Topeka that you know we only play five games in the month of December. Some of that is scheduling around finals week and that kind of thing. But he loves that as a coach because it's more practice time. And while you can certainly improve on game day, for a team that's this young at certain spots and also this beat up right now with five key injuries, um, you know, they want additional practice time, fewer games. I think December is going to be a very transformative month in a lot of the areas that I just addressed. And it'll also be a, a big month in getting some key guys back. So looking forward to seeing what that reveals. But uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, seven and one right now, considering the schedule we've played, Coach Self would tell you they probably couldn't have done any better than 7-1. and one. You hate it that it looked ugly on Friday versus Tennessee, but, hey, this club's beaten Duke already. They beat two teams in Atlantis that uh, will be NCAA tournament teams. They've played a tough schedule, and they've gone 7-1. and one. They're not going to apologize for that. But it's very, very early, and they're just going to get better from here. So buckle up. Get excited. It's, it's going to be a fun ride. I promise you that. Yeah, and I think the sentiment, Brian, that I've heard on this and, and – we can sort of wrap here is that there, this is, you know, this is like a, you know, it's a sweet 16 team, but it doesn't feel like one that's going to go all the way. But what I continue to tell people, and I'm curious to get your take on this. Yeah, but they may have the best player in the country that we're just seeing now in Grady Dick. And that seems like a high expectation, but I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation to get him in that conversation as an all American. And if he reaches that level, that elevates this ceiling up to where it needs to be, don't you think? 
Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, Jalen Wilson is a preseason All-American. You've got the talent here for this to be a Final Four type team. Like I said, it's so early. We're eight games in, so no reason to panic just yet. It's going to be a fun ride, and there's no coach in America I would trust more to get the most out of these guys the next few weeks and over the next couple of months than Bill Self. So, like I said, it's going to be a ton of fun. All right, Brian. Well, we appreciate these visits. You guys will have the call on Seton Hall uh, tomorrow, 8 o'clock pregame, I assume, starts at 7, yeah? Uh, yeah, 6.30 on the Crimson and Blue Show, 8 o'clock on the tip-off. And big thanks to the Mattress Hub for having me on each and every week. Do what I did. Get the best sleep of your life with a brand-new mattress from the Mattress Hub. I chose the purple mattress, and I've been loving my sleep ever since. Check them out today at mattresshub.com. Guys, thanks so much. We appreciate it, Brian. This time next week, we should know where you guys are going bowling as well. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can always find it at kfhradio.com, and you'll hear that game against Seton Hall tomorrow right here on KFH. There goes Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one next on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.